1: Influence with Michelle Martin on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. From employee rights to employer obligations, to who you can visit and who you can legally let into your home without breaking the law. Almost every aspect of daily life has changed because of COVID-19. And here at home, we've seen new temporary laws put in place meant to protect our health, our jobs and our businesses. So today we're going to put some common COVID-related questions to a lawyer live. We're going to start with how the COVID-19 Temporary Measures Act and Control Order Regulations relates to your daily life. For an hour every Wednesday of every week from 5 to 6 p.m., law firm Tito Isaac and company will answer legal questions from the general public. Slots will be made available by registration at the website www tito isaac law.com so think of today as a legal clinic come to life i'm joined now by justin chan he's senior partner head of dispute resolution at tito isaac and company he joins me now to answer some of these common covid related legal questions i've been hearing how are you justin good morning
0: good morning michelle thanks for having
1: me how have you been coping with all the um you know restrictions
0: wow um What's a good way to say this? I'm I'm speaking to you from um home right now, being the law abiding citizen that I am.
1: <laughs> That's and uh, am
0: probably speaking to you I may or may not be still in my pyjamas.
1: <laughs> but
0: let that not detract from the legal advice.
1: Uh, oh, I, I love a lawyer who, who gives such uh, graphic information. All right, let's start, Justin, at the with the COVID-19 Temporary Measures Act and Control Order Regulations. They are laws in force until the 4th of May. I want to touch specifically on the part that has to do with restrictions when it comes to leaving or entering a place of residence because I'm hearing some yep. confusion there. So the spirit of the Act seems to be, please stay at home. But the Act does list reasons to be able to leave your ordinary place of residence. And many people may be, you know, a little worried about their interpretations of when they can leave, when they cannot leave. So let's help them out. Let's say somebody comes up to you and says, I'm divorced and my husband has custody of the children over the weekend. Can I ask my ex-husband not to come over and hold him off seeing the children because I'm worried about the health of my elderly family members?
0: Well, that's an excellent question, Michelle. I mean, that that is something which is sort of burning up the phone lines at the moment. Mm. Um, The law changes quite frequently. And in relation to this specific question where there is some kind of access agreement in place or there's a court order in place, the regulations seem to have addressed that now. And that was fairly recently, which it was amended on the 10th of April. um, Section 4.3 of those regulations seem to say, that the individual may leave their ordinary place of or residence, and I quote, to transfer temporary custody or care of a child pursuant to any agreement regarding the access rights of a parent, of the child, or in discharge of a legal obligation. So what I read from that is that insofar as preventing, uh, strictly preventing a parent, a divorced parent from gaining custody of a child Mm. uh, that is pursuant to a court order. I don't think that is is on. But you are right in the sense that there's there's both the black letter of the regulations as well as the spirit of the regulations, right? Mm. So we have a situation where, you know, I may have senior citizens at home. um, There's a higher risk of them getting very sick or even passing from the virus. So, I think we are at a stage where we have to abide by what is fair play between the parties. To you know, perhaps a situation not to insist on your strict legal rights, right. but have some kind of mutual consensus between parties. I mean, remember at the end of the day that what you are doing is in the best interest of the child. You know, mm. and that's and that's the same whether we have COVID or not. So what is the best interest of the child here? It cannot be in the best interest of the child, for example, to constantly expose that child every weekend um, to a new risk of infection. But again, there's, there's been no cases on this at the moment. I mean, uh, we are operating on what is our gut sense of fair play in this situation. On a strict reading, no. You can you can. Go to your husband's place or your wife's uh, ex husband or ex wife's place to transfer temporary custody. Okay, all right. That's that's the black letter.
1: All right, that's quite clear. Let's get to another. Now, this sounds like a riddle, but it, it's something that I've actually heard. Two people are in a car. They don't share the same residence on their IC. Can one of them be fined?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, your car. Well, they're Arguably, your car is going to be one meter, you know, one meter wide. So you're breaching you're the safe distancing regulations. But an interesting thing has come up is that there are many married couples out there where the IC says different things. Right. So I guess then the, 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 the predominant document that you look at, and I've actually advised some people on this, is that bring your marriage certificate with you. Because the spirit of the law is that if you are part of the same nuclear family and reside at the same place, right, mm-hmm. um, you, you are within the boundaries of the law. So, whilst your IC may say different thing, uh, may state different ex- addresses, the, the practical reality of it is that you all live together.
1: Right, right. So, speaking of practicalities, I want to touch on on something that is close to all our hearts, and that is food. And let's talk about safe distancing and those takeaways. Um, here's here's a question. I know that I cannot eat out, but if I take away from a Hawker Centre, can I eat on the way home?
0: <laughs> that's that's that is a great question. I mean, that I, okay. I'll take it in two parts. I mean, you've got a situation where I've taken a wander down to the Hawker Centre, maybe bought my favourite Mipok, <laughs> yeah. and decide to consume that on the way home on a walk. Or, or, scenario two, I've driven a car, picked up something, and I'm driving home with um, my favourite steak or whatever. So, I think, again, going back to the spirit of the situation, um I think if you eat in your car on the way home, you're not, you're not intermingling with anybody, you're not mixing anybody, the spread of infection is going to be very low. Mm. Now, if you're walking home from the hawker centre and you stop to talk to 10 people on the way home while consuming your meatball, that would probably be a situation that, that uh, would put people at risk and would fall foul of the spirit of the new regulations.
1: All right. I did read that, you know, uh, grab drivers, for example, taxi drivers, uh, people involved in delivering food, if they need to have their lunch out, they can do that. Yeah, that's correct. Right? That's correct. Okay. I'm speaking with Justin Chan. He's Senior Partner, Head of Dispute Resolution at Tito Isaac and Company. Justin, let's talk about employment issues related to living through a pandemic. So here's a question. I'm on a permanent contract and I've been laid off without retrenchment benefits. I've been terminated. What are my options now?
0: Right. Um, this is this is a this is an interesting one. There are we've had as lawyers we've had to look at different sort of resources in order to get um, to get a sort of consolidated answer um, to questions like this. Uh, for example, the Tripartite Advisory on Managing Excess Manpower and Responsible Retrenchment was released last month in view of the COVID-19 situation. And these are guidelines. Uh, I have to stress that these are not black-letter law. So under these guidelines, companies are urged to consider alternatives to retrenchment. I mean, we're talking about redeployment, no pay leave, flexible hours, or the adjusting of wages. Um, outside of those guidelines I think we still have to go back to <clears throat> excuse me the contract of service I mean is there a provision there that covers termination if there's a termination clause there uh, what sort of notice period needs to be given if there's no notice period can I uh, are you going to receive pay in lieu of that notice period so I guess the answer is is more in relation to employers rather than employees because it is difficult time. Mm. The guidelines are for us to be given as employers a sort of inherent autonomy. You know, be be creative in in using your workforce.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, our law firm, for example, has asked people to, if possible, where possible, uh, to clear leave if they're not within one of the essential legal services. Mm. Um, and I think that is a that is something that we can all consider.
1: All right. Here's one for the self-employed. I'm a contract worker and my employment has been terminated before the end of my two-year contract. What can I do?
0: Well, the thing again is this. It, uh, it seems to be that we still need to go back. To the primary agreement, which is the employment contract, right? And what I suggest to be done is if there's any sort of uh, monetary um, return that that is given to you because there was no notice given to you, um, was there a notice period that's mandated in the contract? Again, looking at the contract is key. So outside of the black letter of the law, perhaps the best idea would be to have a heart-to-heart discussion with the employer. I mean, we live in difficult times. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we hope that there's some compassion that can be um, extended employer to employee and the other way around. Um, other than that, we just have the contract to look at. Um, in that connection, I suppose, in, in termination, the Employment Act does state um, that certain notice periods have to be given, for example, if you are if you work for less than twenty six weeks, the notice period is one day twenty six weeks to two years, the notice period is one week.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that is something you can you can assist, insist on perhaps and state that if you're not giving me that notice period, perhaps uh, some sort of uh, compensation in lieu of that notice period being given.
1: Okay, great insight. Let's look at COVID and contracts, Justin. The COVID-19 Temporary Measures Bill proposes to temporarily make it an offence for an organisation or an individual to take legal action against a party who is not fulfilling his contractual obligations. How does the law relate to landlords? For example, if someone says, my tenant can no longer pay rent, does this law mean I cannot evict him?
0: Um it does subject to some very large caveats. I think that's the best way to describe it. Um, first off, is is this property commercial or residential? Um, on a very on a strict reading of the regulations, it looks like residential properties are uncovered by these relief measures. So that's the first issue. So we're talking about commercial properties. And if you want this temporary relief, what's key is that the person who's unable to perform the contractual obligation has to give has to be served a notification for relief. So that's when the protection afforded by the act is kick-started, so to speak. A notice must be served. Now, at this point in time, we don't have much guidance on what that notice entails, right I mean what do we what do we put into that notice i mean the it's uh, to a certain extent that's been codified in the temporary measures regulations. Mm. I mean what it says is that you have to give a notice that covers certain <clears throat> excuse me uh, parameters and uh, the parameters. Uh, And and I read, serve a notification for relief that contains the prescribed information on the other party or parties to the contract, any guarantor or surety for for obligation in the contract, and such other person as may be described. And um, I think in this connection, what's important is that this notification for relief can also be challenged.
1: All right. All right. I think yeah. I got that. I think I got that. I have to listen to my own podcast to make sense of that one again. Um, pretty in depth. Appreciate the depth. Okay. Let's, let's look at another one. I supply to a business outside of Singapore, but our contract is under Singapore jurisdiction. If I'm unable to fulfill my obligations, does COVID trigger a force majeure clause, which for the listener is a contractual defense that allows a party to suspend or discontinue performance of contractual obligations under specific circumstances. So does COVID trigger force majeure?
0: Mm, force majeure, that's I mean that is squarely in the conversation at the moment. Um We've had meetings where all of us have sat down and tried to discuss as a firm what force majeure actually means mm. um, essentially there are the the shining example of a good force majeure clause is when the clause specifically lists the event right that will trigger the clause well dialing that forward, you're, n- you're not going to have contracts out there which says in the event of COVID-19, we do not need to fulfil the terms of this contract. And I think none of the jurisdictions out there would have such a clause. But arguably, if you list specific events such as acts of government, plagues, epidemic, that would probably, that would probably address the COVID-19 situation.
1: All right. Well, very clear and very thorough. We appreciate you joining us, Justin. Have a wonderful day. Thank you very much. And, and I wish you all the best with your legal clinics. You've been getting a lot of, have you been getting a lot of inquiries about the clinics?
0: Uh, yes. Uh, strangely enough, it's, it's a lot about what we discussed today. So uh, thanks, thanks for giving us a platform to help.
1: Oh, and, my absolute uh, pleasure.
0: Hopefully that you guys keep safe as well.
1: Thank you very much. And you too, Justin. Listen for every Wednesday of every week from five to six PM law firm Tito Isaac and company will answer legal questions from the general public. You can register for your slot at this website, www.titoisaaclaw.com. T-I-T-O, Isaac, Isaac, law.com. This has been Influence. I'm Michelle Martin. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg